the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Markets certainly aren't. We get to talk about things like Les Moonves and how many partners sexually he retained. It's not a shy market, you know? It's kind of how it works. Uh, there's some sex, there's some drama, there's some death. I once was covering a story about a, a company that had a gold mine in Indonesia that it was going to be the most amount of gold ever. Ever. And, you know, their scientists had, had, had proven this and there's an independent scientist flying to go check it out and make sure that it was all good. He got pushed out of a plane, a small little like jungle plane, while while being uh, taken to the site. So he gets sex and death. Not a lot of rock and roll, but for the rock and roll portion of the show, we get CFP Chad Burton, NewFocusFinancial.com. It's CFP Chad Burton, NewFocusFinancial.com. Mr. Burton, how are you? Yes, sir. I'm great. It, it, there is there's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Uh, you got you know. Elon Musk doing a little bit of everything, but Aretha Franklin dies without a will like a lot of other famous people. Why is this so common for rock stars and singers and blue stars and everything else to die without a will? Especially when you, A, have money, and B, are older than dirt. It, it's, <laughs> it seems like someone's giving them bad advice, right? Is it, is it the business managers? Is it Because you know, Aretha Franklin, she does music. She doesn't do estate planning. Who's giving her the bad advice, do you think? Yeah, you know, I kind of get it when you're a rock star like Jimi Hendrix or, um, okay. you know, kind of eccentric like Howard Hughes, which also died a will, without a will. Abraham Lincoln died without a will, believe it or not. He was a lawyer. But, um, you know, she seemed pretty level-headed, right, and reachable where other people were probably busy partying. So I kind of get that. But you got Michael Jackson as well. I don't know. It's it's insane. A lot of it, it's just people in the entertainment business. Just maybe they're not reachable when it comes to estate planning. Probably the rapper, that Mac Miller, he probably didn't have much of a will, but probably could have used one. Uh, but I'm with you. I'm with you on top of all this. So um, 
How often have you updated your well? And we're talking about this because um, we're going to do a big seminar coming up. Yes, yeah, as, as soon as I realized having child number four, it was time to revisit <laughs> it. Um, every two years, you typically good attorneys will reach out to you um, to say, hey, let's let's get on the phone, see if there's any changes, let's discuss your situation, any family issues, and any changes in the law that might affect you. Um, and I, I think incorrectly, Chad, I think a lot of people think that they don't need a will. Because I grew up thinking, you know, I'm not going to be wealthy. I'll, I'll be upper middle class. I'll be like my dad. He didn't have a will, I don't think, um, which is kind of interesting to think about. I don't even know. Uh, but well, everybody it's one of those things we just whooped off. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, everybody, yeah. It's If you don't have a will, the state has rules on where your money goes. And it might go exactly to the people that you don't want it to go. Um, so if you die without any kids, it's going to go to your next of kin, and maybe you can't stand your sister or your brother. So you've got a will, um, and that all that does is it's a letter to the court to put you through probate. And in California, it's extremely expensive. Some of our clients in Washington, they don't need a trust even though they're wealthy. They just need a will because probate is not expensive in the state of Washington. California is very important to have your ducks in a row when it comes to estate planning because you know, you, let's say you're trying to protect your family, a special needs child, or somebody else. The last thing you want to do is have sixty, seventy, eighty, hundred thousand dollars go to the courts and to attorneys to just get things settled. Um, so it's worth the twenty five hundred to forty five hundred dollars it costs to typically set it up by a professional. I'm with you on that and you said ducks and every time someone says ducks I instantly in my head I go ducky duck 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 ducky duck 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 See if that doesn't stick in your head, Chad. You know what's stuck in my head is the baby shark song over and over again. Have you heard that one yet? I don't I don't know the baby shark. I saw some sort of reference to it on your Facebook. <laughs> it's, it's, I apparently was the last person that had ever heard it. I thought, but now it's you. You haven't heard it. Do not listen to it, Rob. I'm telling you, do not listen to the baby shark song. It will be in your head for days. Anyways, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a problem. You have young kids, those things get stuck in your head. You wake up in the morning and you're singing it to yourself. <laughs> Lovely. So you brought yeah. up Elon Musk, and uh, Aretha yeah. Franklin says get a trust, and that's something we're going to be talking about um, at the seminar September 20th, Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos, California. People can sign up for it by going to newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free if you've never been to one. They're good events. They're fast events. It's, it's, it's in Los Gatos, so it's tough to get to it at rush hour, and the economy is doing well, so it's probably even tougher. So if people show up early, I'm going to show up early, and I'm going to go to the, the bar because it's a lovely bar and have some happy hour appetizers because they have a good deal on that. So people could sign up at Rob, uh, newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code radio25. So you brought up Elon Musk ever so slightly. I get emails on what the hell do I do now? <laughs> and do I, do I go long or do I go short? And that's, that's what a pickle that they're, they're involved in at Tesla. Right. Yeah, they're going to have to figure out a way to keep the visionary but have the overall management elsewhere just take away his phone so he can't tweet anymore which probably happened with the president as well but um it's a tough situation because i mean amazing visionary right but just a little bit overworked and and when you have this this reputation going through media that you're a little bit out of control it's not a good thing to have happen um getting back though to the estate plan and what we're going to talk about on thursday perfect time to redo your entire estate plan is when you're doing your finally doing your detailed retirement plan which should be done at minimum 
10 years prior to retirement, if not sooner. So you have a very clear plan. And what happens is you get a very detailed plan, cash flow analysis, and estate analysis. So you can clearly see in today's dollars how much you might be leaving to other people. And are there any issues? Um, it's a good time to say, do I have any extra money left over when I'm in retirement to gift to kids? So you can kind of test your kids to see how they're going to do with money. Because there's a lot of things you can do after you die to, to haunt people and, and make sure that kids don't either, one, overspend, or two, ruin their ability to earn money. And I see this time and time again when younger people, 30, 40, 50 years old, inherit a lump sum and they stop working because they think they're a millionaire. If you take a 50-year-old's wage in the Bay Area that makes enough money to survive in the Bay Area and you take the present value of that number for the next 15 to 20 years as they're going to get to retirement, it's huge. It's a large lump sum that you need. So people don't understand money and leaving them lump sums without any controls can actually damage them. So retirement plans give you an idea of how much you're going to have left so you can start your, your, your estate planning from there. It's interesting that you brought that up because my sugar bugger has recently said, I stop working. Do you want to go on hikes together in the late afternoon? And I said, please don't stop working. <laughs> um, that's neither here nor there. Um, Is that because you like yeah, or you hate hiking? Uh, no comment. So it's the FP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. While at newfocusfinancial.com, he can, you can grab his podcast from this morning. It's one of the best podcasts out there, especially considering it's financial planning. Um, you can go to newfocusfinancial.com and get the podcast. But while you're there, you can get some downloadables on retirement, on where you should be. Um, a lot of thoughts by Chad. There's a nice blog. But even more importantly, there's a September 20th seminar in Los Gatos. These are good events. No one ever walks away not learning something. You can learn a little bit more by going to newfocusfinancial.com. Sign up for free using the code RADIO25. Chad, thank you for being with me. And the uh, problem with Elon Musk in my mind is you think he's a genius, but he thinks he's a prophet. And when you think you're a prophet, that becomes a very damaging thing. Anyway, it's CFP Chad Burton. Come out and see him on the 20th and listen to his show 6 to 7 a.m. Tuesdays and Wednesdays here on KDOW AM 1220. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. There's a really cool calculator that's on the webpage, pewresearch.org. Now, how do you say pew, or how do you spell pew? P-E-W, research.org. And there's an article on the middle class that will pop up instantly on the front page. Or, or, or if you're savvy and you go to Google, type Pew Research Middle Class, and it'll bring you straight to the calculator, middle class calculator. Um, I just did mine, <laughs> and it, it's kind of interesting because the first thing is you get kind of freaked out. Are you middle class or not? Are you lower income? Are you upper income? And I thought I was kind of a big deal until I did this. And again, it, it kind of does kind of does your zip code or your, your county. So it's a little bit uh, odd. But about a third of the people in my neighborhood make about as much as I do. 
Um, 46% make less, and they're more middle class, and 22% are low income. Um, and then you can put in some things like what color you are. Is that even the right way to say it? It's not the right way to say it. Race, ethnicity. Man, <laughs> what color you are. Because I'm kind of like uh, sunburn is my color. <laughs> Pasty white guy who burns fast. Um, but it's interesting because you can put in things like your bachelor degree and your your ethnicity. And then what you start seeing them is the data comes out even different. And again, you know what I like about this? It just gives you a, an idea. You put together a couple of ideas and you go, maybe I should save more. It's not a bad thing to do. So it says, amongst all American adults with your education, ace, race, and marital status, 5% are lower income, 38% are middle, and 57% are upper income. So I'm not all that special. I thought I was, but across all the United States, now again, keep in mind, I live in a high cost area, so my income doesn't necessarily buy me upper middle class or, or upper class or wealthy. But my income in Arkansas would make me like the king of Arkansas. Right or wrong? I don't know. I don't have all the answers today. I'm just going through this just like you. It's a big event coming up September 20th. I'm going to go over probably five to ten stocks that I like and then I'm buying. A couple stocks I'm giving up on. You know, a stock that I've never been involved in that I just can't do. It's Tesla. It's just like Bitcoin. I can't do Bitcoin. Now, I, I know people, like even when I was just talking with CFP Chad Burton, who will be at newfocusfinancial.com seminar um, on the 20th of September, Los Gatos, Toll House Hotel, 630 to 830. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com and use code radio25. Um, I think one of his kids got into Bitcoin last year, and I'm like, what do you know about Bitcoin? And I could be wrong. Maybe I dreamt it. But I think so. Um... I can't get into things that I don't understand. I can't get it. Like, does that make sense? And then trust me, there's things I don't understand about Nike or Apple. I get it. Um, so I, I may be talking out of both sides of my mouth. You got that going for you. You got that ability, right? So I'll own Nike because I wore Nikes when I was a kid. And there was a song that went around second grade. Bobos cost $1.99. Bobos make your feet feel fine. Bobos were like the... Cheap, 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 cheap shoes for kids who couldn't afford Nikes. And again, as a kid, it's so status-oriented. It's just like having a, a Apple Watch versus a Google Watch. My, my best friend is a Google guy, so he gets Android phones because they're cheaper. And that's fine. I make more money than him. But you know what? I tease him. I'm like, let me look at that, that brick you got there. So it's the social status attacking, shaming Google shaming. Oh, man. Can you imagine? And people in, you know, emerging markets are like, I would like a phone. I would like a super powerful tool in your hand like you have. Anyhow, Home Depot. Another stock that's been around, company that's been around since I was a little wee, wee lad. I know you're saying you were a wee lad. Yes, I was a wee lad out of Ireland. and I had a potato in my mouth. I, I got some Irish in me, but I, I'm not from Ireland. So I'm one of those mutt European kind of mixes. But Home Depot had a nice quarter. Now, e-commerce and Amazon threatens Home Depot, right? It, it threatens all retailers who have stores. 
Yes and no. Yes and no. If I need paint and a match, I'm not going to Amazon. I'm going to Home Depot. This weekend, I needed some storage containers. And some plastic storage containers for the garage or something like that. I know you're saying, you still use plastic? You're an evil person. But I went to Home Depot. Or I would have gone to Lowe's. Or I would have gone to Ace. I wouldn't have gone to Home Depot. Or Amazon.com. So I like Home Depot. For the long-term patient investor, I like it. Now, here's why. Being a homeowner, you got to maintain it. And kids and dogs have boogers and snot and germs and such. And they, they rub themselves all over your, your walls. You have to paint on a regular basis. And then the, the gate hinge breaks off because a kid slams it and the gate needs painting or the gate needs a new hinge. And you're like, oh, okay, I got it, got it, got it. So do you think they're going to be in business in 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years? I think so. You can only assume so. But you know what assuming does? makes an ass out of you and me, right? So you do have to be intelligible about this. And one day I'm going to do the show completely as George W. Bush. And I'm going to use the, t- the words like intelligible. Um, <laughs> when he would make up words, it was just the absolute best. Uh, in my opinion. So those are some of the stories that are out there today. Home Depot, solid, solid quarter. Today is obviously the anniversary of 9-11. And essentially 17 years ago, I decided... I need to move to California. I've been doing radio shows already across the nation, and having lived in Washington, D.C., that day was the freakiest day of my life. In the sense that everything that you know about the sky kind of changed. I know you're saying, wait, wait, what are you talking about? I did a radio show, and the, the studio was two miles from the Pentagon. And, you know, the radio show was 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., so it happened right then, and the network that I was working for, horrible network, called Business Talk Radio, and there's just a lot of infomercials, and then me. Um, and some of the infomercials were really, really, really bad. So they had the Buckets Money guy, they had the, 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 the Vickers guy, who all got you know slapped by authorities for bad information while they enriched themselves. But on 9-11... Towers fall, and the, you know, my bosses say, you got to stay on the air. you got to stay on the air. And so I stayed on the air for basically six, three more hours, four more hours. So it was a seven-hour shift. And the final thing, you know, the, the plane that hits the Pentagon, I remember after that, I was like, I think the White House just got hit or the Pentagon. And it was, it's, I still have the tapes. I still have the CDs. And it's, it's creepy as heck to hear. Um and I had a guest on who was an economist, and he goes, it's the Taliban. It's the Osama bin Laden. Um, and he was right. He, he, he called it within three minutes. So anyway, long story short, after that shift, I go outside, and there's not one plane in the air. I've never seen that before or since. I'm on line at robblackshow.com. Big event coming up in Los Gatos, the Toll House Hotel. Sign up at robblackshow.com. It's September 20th. 6.30 to 8.30. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
Gotta say that I love this job, being tied towards financial media and studying the markets. It's made me wealthier. What's wrong with that, right? Gotta say, if I was working at the DMV, probably wouldn't have done well in life, or as well. Let me be very cautious on how I say that. But, like, I love the stories. Like, today there's a Hurricane 4 barreling towards the Carolinas. Big old thing. And instantly I go, okay, so watch out for the insurance companies, because they could take a big financial loss. But keep thinking Home Depot. Keep thinking, you know, Genovac, you know, company that makes generators. You can find stories inside of weather, and I love it. That's why I like talking with Patrick O'Hare. Patrick O'Hare is with Briefing.com. Your website, your, the, I don't want to call it a research site, but it's all about the markets. It's a lot of content. It's a lot of research. Um, there's a lot of stories, and there's even you know hot, sexy IPOs. It's, it's a fun time to be an investor, is it not, Mr. O'Hare? It sure is, Rob, um, and obviously it's been a, extremely exciting for uh, for 10 years now, I guess, and uh, and you've seen that show up um, recently with uh, major industries recording, you know, record highs for the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ composite. So uh, if you had the uh, fortitude to stick things out uh, at the depths of the financial crisis, uh, you still have come out ahead and, and, and well ahead for that matter. With that said, um, new book coming out about the President of the United States, uh, esteemed journalist Bob Woodward. Um doesn't paint a good picture that our president has any knowledge of what's going on with the economy. In the back of your head, does that bother you, or do you work with it, or do you get a little more cautious? Because it hasn't paid to be cautious, so to speak. Uh, but it's it, I'm a little it's kind of a crazy time, it, and it's good drama. It's good, like you couldn't put this on a TV, you can put this on an HBO show and believe it. Yeah, it, it is certainly entertaining. Um, you know, Rob, when uh, you know when we think of questions like that, um, you know, I'm humbled by the understanding that I'm just one person um, who has personal viewpoints and professional viewpoints. But uh, but given my job as a market analyst, um, you know, I, I look at the collective judgment of the market participants in terms of matters such as that, and and what my thinking is. Uh, as we've all come to gain a better understanding for uh, the person President Trump is and the politician he is, uh, that the you know the market seems comfortable in this notion that uh, maybe even so much as what that editorial implied is that there are forces within the White House or people that are not going to let things get out of hand. And so I think the risk uh, that, that one could run with the president is him doing some irrational you know, act independently. Uh, but it's very hard for, for even the president to act independently when it comes to an irrational act that would upset the world order. You know, that's my impression of matters. Um, okay. So... You know, so the market clearly has taken a liking to the to the business approach uh, out of Washington D.C. You know, the deregulation, cut in tax rates, right? That's all translating very well right now, and, and it's indisputable, really. It's 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 objectively based in the data that the economy is doing very well. Consumer and business confidence is really high. Um, the Small Business Optimism Index hit a, hit a record high today, uh, and that has a 45-year history. 
Uh, and and obviously you have the stock market, you know, at record highs. And so, um, you know, we've discussed before that, you know, there may be a price to pay down the road as we take on, you know, uh, more debt and the budget deficit increases to, to effectively finance the fund and the, and the good times that we're having right now. Um, but in the here and now, the market is living with the reality that the economy is doing better than it has in some time. Uh, unemployment rate, you know, is down at levels you haven't seen in, uh, what, you know, 45 years or so. And, uh, and spending is picking up, you know, and, and, it's, and you've seen extremely strong earnings growth uh, that's juxtaposed with still relatively low interest rates. And so I think the market, in a way, divorces itself from all of the, the noise around the, the, the drama that surrounds this president and has been focused more on the fundamental aspects that drive higher stock prices, and that's strong earnings growth, low interest rates, and relatively low inflation, which you know, we do need to keep our eye on because that is, that is trending higher and, and could be a factor as it relates to um, higher interest rates down the road that ultimately undo this bull market. But, but for now... Um, you know, the market is, is comfortable with the fundamental forces that drive the stock market. So I'm sorry to give you that long-winded answer, but, oh, no. but I think that's, that's where we are right now as, as far as how we try to divorce ourselves from all of the nonsense and drama that might surround some of the actions of our current president. It's interesting that you say that because as you got into that, it kind of took me back to one of the number one question I get probably from the average American is I don't think I don't trust the stock market's a roller coaster. I'm, my response is it's kind of like rock scissors paper. Okay, you could say there's you know a, a Trump issue out there. You could say that there's a you know wealthy get wealthier issue out there. You could say there's capitalism. I say capitalism always can beat everything else. So far it has. I'm sticking with it, and that's the stock market. And it's been a, it's good to me so far. Um, capitalism, like you said, it's all about earnings. It's all about per shares. It's about revenue. It's about new product innovation, jobs, uh, we're sitting pretty right now. But you brought up the Small Business Optimism Index. Um, that's part of your page one report this morning that you put out at briefing.com. Um, the, the corporate tax cut is, has helped, but yet we're still moving towards the first tax season where we could kind of figure out what we owe and don't owe. Uh, yeah, that's right. I mean, there's, there's you, know, you clearly see it reflected in terms of the uh, the sentiment readings there, uh, that you have small businesses feeling good about um, business opportunities ahead, uh, knowing that they're paying, you know, lower tax rates than they have in the past, uh, which, you know, presumably puts, you know, improves their cash flow so that they can, you know, reinvest in their businesses, hire more people to, 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 to meet the increased demand that they, uh, you know, are working toward. And so, um, so, you know, I think the 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 concern, if there's a concern in the market, really, as it relates to the tax cuts that are helping business sentiment right now, it's that, you know, they're ultimately creating some very tough comparisons uh, as we move forward. And and that could be one of the governing factors in 2019, certainly, for the market that, that you know, kind of reigns it in some is, as we move off of a period where we see, uh, you know, consistent double-digit earnings growth, you know, and moving into a period where you might see more moderate single-digit earnings growth. But I think the, the operative phrase there is that you still have earnings growth. And the question becomes, you know, uh, does that get disrupted ultimately by higher interest rates uh, and, and the market 
isn't too bothered right now. It certainly doesn't seem to be that, you know, interest rates are going to spike so much that you uh, move into a full-on earnings recession. But but I think it does have an appreciation for the fact that you're going to face tough comparisons, uh, more moderate earnings growth uh, in the future. And therefore, uh, while we've hit record highs recently, uh, you're starting to hear a little bit more talk about, you know, valuation again and the willingness to pay up for every dollar of earnings, knowing that those comparisons are going to be more difficult in the periods ahead. Sounds about right. Um, taking a look at some of the other big stories out there right now, not, not a lot of earnings. We're kind of moving into earnings season and kind of doing some products and such like that now. But uh, home improvement retailers are doing quite well. Um, they seem to be Amazon-proofed. Um, I kind of like that story. I kind of like, you know, uh, people talking about how great Amazon is and how we all love it, and they're going to double their Prime subscribers. And uh, What do you think about investing in individual stocks for the average person? Let's, let's say family members. Your uncle corners you at Thanksgiving this year and says, what do you think about investing in stocks? Would you push it, or would you, are you more of an index guy for friends and family? Well, it, it would be more of an index guy guy just because given my role at what I do here is kind of more macro oriented and I look at things you know at that top down level basically so um, you know I always answer though I mean it kind of it always comes down to one's individual perspective you know what company are they investing in why would they want to invest in that company and I can give them perspective on where things stand from a valuation standpoint historically and, and whether it might you know if you're investing in a company at a high valuation you're already taking on the risk that you're going to see lower future returns because you're at that higher valuation starting point so um, you know so you got to ask lots of questions really it's not such a uh, yeah go for it answer necessarily because you need to understand the person's risk tolerances and time horizons, you know, in, in terms of when they're thinking about, you know, making that individual investment. When people ask that question, it's usually because they're trying to make a quick buck, right? And so they want to know what's going to happen in the next week or two or, or a month or two uh, when, when they, they do ask me that personal question. Sounds about right. Um... What are you working on right now, Mr. O'Hara, that maybe will come out in future columns in future weeks? We've got about one minute. Sure. Well, you know, my big picture column this week is likely going to focus on on the anniversary of the financial crisis. And and I think one of the things that, you know, investors, and, and I emphasize the word investors, you know, have learned from that is that, you know, patience wins out in the end. The stock market is a great wealth creator over time. Um, and while you can't time the market, timing does matter. So, I mean, when you see uh, difficult periods like that, it does hurt. But if one has the ability to invest money for the long haul, you've got a tremendous track record of success over 100 years plus for the stock market that demonstrates that you can do very well by maintaining uh, your position during difficult times. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, an independent source of Reliable research, international and domestic. You can find them at briefing.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Hello, hello. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Don't be shy. 
800-516-1220. If you want to call with questions or thoughts on anything that's got you thinking about Wall Street. I try to do my very, very best to put together some good content for you to get you excited about investing, to get you excited about ideas. You know, Home Depot's reports a great quarter. You've heard me for years say, I like Home Depot. I don't think you have to overly manage it. Just on occasion, drive by one on a Saturday or Sunday. Are they busy or not? Again, that's silly. That's very uh, Peter Lynch, Peter Lynchian. Uh, but it kind of works. You know, Peter Lynch is famous at one point in time. His kids were like always going to Chili's to eat. They always wanted, where do you want to go to dinner tonight? Chili's, Chili's, Chili's. And you're like, really? That that place, Chili's? It was a great investment in the 80s and 90s. Awesome investment. And he oversimplified it a little bit by saying, you know, kids were saying, let's go there. But what he was also saying was, it was always busy when we went there. I haven't been to a Chili's in years. Uh, I kind of like a Chili's when you're on like a long a road trip. But if I'm local, I'd rather get us my favorite restaurants per se. If you kind of grasp where I'm going out with that. Um, but it's a fun market because you can take a look at things like Home Depot and say, I go there and it's busy. Yes. Um, I like Home Depot. Better than Lowe's? Yeah, a little bit. But then, you know, it's kind of like, I'm not going to say kiss and cousins. It's, it's good all around. It's no, 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 no. Um, but Home Depot and Lowe's are very closely tied together. But I do like Home Depot slightly more than Lowe's. So that's out there. 800-516-1220. Subway's famous $5 foot long sandwich is going bye-bye. But paninis may be coming in. Now, can you imagine a couple of years ago, people were, I'm not going to say bullying me, but what's your thoughts on, on Subway? What's your thoughts on Subway? I want to be a franchisee. And I'm like, ooh, that's, if you want cheap food, Subway's fine. But it's a tough business out there. And restaurants, you know, we are a very, very fickle American consumer. And when we turn on you, we turn on you. It was a couple of years ago where people were going nuts about Togos. And I don't see that kind of craze anymore, right? I'm not a franchisee kind of guy. It's a lot of work. I know a guy who owned a Domino's franchise. Um, and I know someone who owns a Subway franchise. And the Subway franchise, like all five family members work there. And the, the kids hate it. But that's kind of what you have to do to make it work sometimes. Something like that, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. The big mandatory evacuations are issued as millions of Americans brace for a Category 4 hurricane. North Carolina has been hit by only one Category 4 storm since reliable record keepings back in the 1850s. And it obliterated 357 buildings in the beach community known as Oak Island. Um, a lot of power, a lot of force, a lot of nature. And you got to continue to go, well, Genovac's going to be a good investment out of this. People are going to want generators. They're going out and buying them now. Then you go and start thinking, ooh, insurance company's not so good. Then you go Home Depot and Lowe's, good, because people are going to go get sandbags and stuff to clean their floors. But then you go, who else is going to be a winner or loser? Airlines, American Southwest, Delta and JetBlue, have be- 
gun letting affected passengers change travel plans without the usual fees. Oh, the usual fees. <laughs> Do you like Mark Cuban? Do you hate Mark Cuban? Back when I was a dating man and I'd go into someone's apartment or someone's home, and if there was a book on by Donald Trump, I'd be like, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. <laughs> like if there's a, uh, if you think you're gonna get rich by the Trump way, his Trump university was. It, I'm not gonna use the word scam, but everyone that I know that went to Trump real estate seminars were typically some of the stupidest people that I knew in life. And when I say stupid, I'm talking like not educated. I know you're saying like, like how stupid? Like, like they eat grass? Yes, they eat grass. So. When I hear Mark Cuban talk, I kind of like him because he actually did start a business. He didn't inherit his daddy's money. He actually did sell a business. He actually did investing. Trump, not so much. And now Trump comes from the, the cut of a New Yorker, and you got to kind of give Carl Icahn a little bit of forgiveness uh, because New Yorkers, are they're, they're tough people uh, on the outside. But I'm just not a Trump guy. Sorry. Uh, to the point that back in my dating age, if I saw that art of the deal in your bookshelf, I was like, I'm out of here. Because if you're going to compare me to him, I'm out of here. But billionaire Mark Cuban recently got a little richer. The owner of the Dallas Mavericks and judge on Shark Tank sold his stake in Boston-based obstacle course company, Rugged Maniac. He doubled his original $1.7 million investment. And he said one of the books that he really liked was Cashing In on the American Dream by Paul Terhost, T-E-R-H-O-R-S-T. When I used to wait tables, I'd always ask, you know, the, the guests that I always thought looked intelligent or whatever, I said, what's your favorite book? And that's how I found The Depth of Trilogy by Robertson Davies. That's how I found, like, really good quality books that I would never have found on my own. I might read the one Mark Cuban recommends. Might. Cashing In on the American Dream. How to Retire at 35. Bulk. Paul Turhost. Anyhow, I think educating yourself is smart if you're using smart sources. Wall Street Journal's great. New York Times is great. Barron's is great. Seminar coming up September 20th. September 20th in Los Gatos, the Toll House Hotel, 630 to 830. Great way to educate yourself. Go to Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show, and use code RADIO25 to get in for free. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.